Welcome everyone to episode 8 of SEC Update Live. We are coming at you tonight from AMP in downtown Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Tosh, and I'm joined across the glass tonight again, Scott, a.k.a. Trogue. Trogue, how's it going this evening? It's going well, Tosh. How you doing today? Man, it's Friday, so uh, it's SUL night, so it's going well. And, you know, what about this space? It's it, it's cool. We we decided we were going to uh, do the show down here, a new, new space uh, loosely associated with the IUPUI campus. Uh, definitely designed with that uh, clientele in mind. And a beautiful new building and lots of restaurants to choose from one very cool bar which we've left our mark on already (laughs) and uh we'll certainly be back here on non-show days to uh, enjoy the offering in this building yeah this is pretty cool it's almost like a big warehouse uh just wide open um you know restaurants on the perimeter open space in the middle pretty cool yeah definitely we'll be back so um yeah Appreciate them having us out here this evening. So, jumping right in on the topics, Trogue. uh, I know (laughs) we we said we didn't want to shift gears to basketball, but huge news this week um, in the SEC and for the UK lean of the show. um, The CBS Sports Classic out in Las Vegas just crumbling due to COVID issues. Just absolutely crazy. I... I don't even know what to say. I just, I, I just shrug at that. It, it, it's interesting how COVID is making its return, and I don't know if folks aren't taking the right precautions or they're being too loose about it, but there seems like there are a lot of teams, not just uh, associated with the SUL, but throughout all the sports leagues that are finding themselves behind the eight ball when it comes to COVID. Yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't want to take my mind there, but as COVID numbers were spiking, um, I, <laughs> the obvious uh, thing would have been, oh, oh, it's going to start affecting sports just like it did in 2020. I, I for one, did not take my mind there. And so when now you know, these games are starting to get canceled, <laughs> sadly enough, it's taking me by surprise, but it's kind of common sense, isn't it? Well, I... Yes, to your point, it is common sense, but the thing about sports, what do we always say about sports? It helps us forget about our own reality, for lack of a better term, but it helps us forget about that for the moment. It's it's an escape for us, and so we really count on sports to help entertain us and take us away from those things. And when those things get canceled or get postponed, I think it really hits home the fact of why they're being canceled or postponed and I know it was such a, a lost feeling when the NCAA tournament was canceled that I don't think we all we wanted to go back there but and I'm not saying we're heading in that direction but we to your point we have to prepare ourselves for that very real possibility yeah, um, I'm heading in that direction. <laughs> I, I unfortunately see that on the horizon, and I, man, um, I was really looking forward to uh, the Ohio State Kentucky game. I work with a number of Ohio State honks, and I was uh, looking for a UK beatdown, but uh, 
UCLA is in the same boat with uh, the Buckeyes, so they have opted out of uh, the CBS Classic, and so it that leaves North Carolina and Kentucky, which is still another classic matchup, um, but it's just not one that uh, I'm too... I, I guess I'm excited to see. You got a couple of blue bloods, so I need to shift gears. Need to get uh, the Buckeyes out of my mind, <laughs> which I don't know why they're there anyway. Well, it was a perfect opportunity. You get to see the Buckeyes get beaten at a sport, any sport. It any doesn't sport. matter. Hockey, Absolutely. women's soccer, fencing. It's all good. Right. Yeah. So there we are. Um, so, yeah, that's what's happening tomorrow. Um, with that, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I, just as a sidebar, I, I went ahead and bought my ticket for the uh, Crossroad Classic here in Indy tomorrow. Purdue takes on Butler, and then it's going to be Notre Dame and IU. None of that has to do anything with SUL, but it does have to do with COVID. I hope it doesn't get canceled. Well, Notre Dame's coming off their win of uh, Kentucky last Saturday in the the Joyce Center. I didn't want to bring it up, but <laughs> you brought it up, and that was—I uh, think—that was a failure of execution down the stretch there by the by the Wildcats. That... Well, it was a failure failure of execution throughout the game, but <laughs> certainly down the stretch. Um, but here at SUL, we support the hometown team of the Bull, Butler Bulldogs. Okay, fair so, enough. Yeah, we yeah. can do that. So no I think worries. I think that's our basketball topics for today, right? Is it? I don't know. Um, well, we can make that our basketball topic. Yeah, we kind of uh, jump forward. Okay. Jump forward. That's all right. So, yeah, yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and we'll take our first break. And- Welcome back, everyone. To the second segment of SUL coming at you live from AMP in downtown Indianapolis. Trope, what's happening? Not too much. Uh, beer number two, the beer I'm enjoying today is a nice porter from a brewery I've never heard of. So I'm going to have to get the name and let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have the name. Okay. That's All awesome, right. though. That's a, that's a great beer. Um, I've got the uh, Blood on the Tracks Blood Orange IPA from Chili Water. Interesting note about the beer that Tosh is drinking. He's been banned from that. Uh, boycott. Boycott. He's boycotting that brewery. That's right. And, For a uh, couple years running? Yeah. Continues to drink the beer, though. <laughs> but boycotting. I'm not quite sure. Anyway. So I've got a, a location story here. Um, this happened before we went on the air. Um, and I run, it's in the men's restroom. So, oh my goodness! How okay. bad can this be, right? Right. And and first of all, uh, the men's restroom has nine toilets and three urinals. So, what does that tell you about the food selection in this place? <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> They're expecting you to use the toilets and not the urinals. So, I kind of like that ratio. That wow. works. Okay. Um, hmm. So anyway. So I come in, I, I walk into the restroom, and it has the, the automatic lights. You know, when someone comes in, they turn on. So I open the door, and it's black. You know, I take two steps in, lights kick on. Okay, are, we, are you with me? Yep. Head into the urinal, and 
all of a sudden, I hear a toilet flush, and out comes a guy from one of the toilets. So, wow. How long is that timer? I, <laughs> Dang. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what you need to do to, no pun intended, rectify that situation. Wow. So, anyway... That, that is a fear of mine. It, it's not in the top ten, but it's certainly a fear of mine that I'll be in one of those restrooms and those lights will go off. That's not good. I don't think you really want to finish up in the pitch black, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Wave your arms, something. Turn the lights back on. Maybe it's a technique thing. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway... That, that's Tosh helping his fellow man, rescuing him. <laughs> From the lottery. Oh, who says no good deed goes unpunished? Mm. Well, that's what I'm saying. All right. Well, hey, with that, Droke, I need to circle back on uh, a quick hoops take. Okay, um, bring something, it on. something that's uh, I think is, is pretty pretty nice this weekend happening tomorrow um, is the Invesco QQQ Legacy Classic. Have you heard of this? I have not. Okay. Enlighten me. Yeah, so this is um, four um, historically black, clo- black, back, black colleges. Easy for me to say. Can I do this again? <laughs> four historically black colleges um, are doing a doubleheader that's going to be televised nationally tomorrow. Um, Hampton and North Carolina Central are going to open up the action at 1 p.m., Followed by Howard and in North Carolina, A and T. So it's going to be on TNT, which you know, hopefully this can become a thing, and maybe that can get on ESPN or something like that. But uh, I think it's a good first step. Oh, I think it's a great first step. Hampton, you know, they they've been to the NCAA tournament. Absolutely. So they were they have one of the biggest upsets. I think they beat Iowa State, I believe, one year. I, I could have that wrong, but I think they pulled it off against Iowa State. Did we see North Carolina A&T in the first four? No. Have I asked not. you this numerous times? It, we saw North Carolina Asheville. Okay. Which is not A&T. Correct. All right. But okay. this should be a fun, a fun watch. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think that's going to be kind of cool. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So, all right, let's go ahead and jump into, uh, you know, early signing period. Again, we're not ready to shift gears to basketball, right? <laughs> We've done a lot of talking about basketball for not shifting gears on it. But it's, it's interesting, the SEC, just in the last two years, how things have turned as far as recruiting goes. And there's a lot at the top, a lot at the bottom, and um, some new players in the in the top four, or should I say, a new player in the top four. Man, I am so fired up. Uh, Kentucky has has come in ranked number four in the SEC with this recruiting class, and eleventh nationally, which is just amazing. I think last year. Or at least a few years ago, I think they hit the top 30 nationally. But that top 30 ranking put them like 12th or 13th in the SEC. Right. Absolutely. So And so you're still like fighting an uphill battle, not only in your division, but in the conference. Um, so you get top four. I mean, you're out recruiting Tennessee, Florida, 
South Carolina, LSU even, and um, you know stacked this up. Last year was uh, Stoops' highest recruiting class ranking ever. Now he's got an even higher class, and you know Trogue. Once you start stacking those up, that's when you can really start battling um, a for that division title, and then b. Uh, for those New Year's uh, Six Bowls or even higher. Yep, and it's funny because when you talk about SEC recruiting, immediately you go to Alabama and Georgia. You think, oh, one of those guys has got to be number one. But Texas A&M took the top spot this year. So it's A&M, Alabama, Georgia, and then Kentucky. And I have to mention that Florida brings up the bottom and I got no love lost for the Gators on that one. And conveniently, as we've said on this show before, Urban Meyer is available. So I don't know if those two things go together or not. Yeah, we did uh, We did mention that a long time ago. Um, I think in the very first coaching carousel uh, episode. So let's see what happens there. But uh, circling back on Kentucky, uh, you know, they're getting a, a top five recruit. Um Keontae Goodwin that came out of Charleston, Indiana's uh, Louisville area, but he, he chose UK over Michigan. So solid. That, yeah, that's very solid. Um, and a couple of transfers that uh, we had one guy that's coming in from Auburn, um, another fella, uh, Tavion Robinson, that's coming in from Virginia Tech, and we you know we have a soft spot for Virginia Tech. Of course we do. <laughs> so the Wildcats are, are making things happen, and uh, we're very excited about that um, for sure. Well, one thing that I hear the last couple years with grading these recruiting classes, I mean, I'm, I'm good with it, but when you combine that with the transfer portal, the recruiting class – rating is definitely a snapshot in time and it is of that day on that day a transfer portal as people go in and out and come to your school and leave your school that changes everything in the dynamics of your program and by that I mean in the example of the receiver that signed with Kentucky you know that guy he he doesn't want to go to Michigan because he may not play so he comes to Kentucky to play what if another receiver better than him enters a transfer portal and goes to Kentucky? You know, so it's it's going to be a revolving door. I can't stand the transfer portal, probably because I don't understand it as well as I should. Kind of too much mirrors free agency. Oh, absolutely it is. I can go play here or I can go play there. I get you want to play. That I'm okay with. But these guys who are after an extra year of eligibility or they want to play for, for a contender or whatever that stuff is, I, I, I think it, it, it has um, oh, collateral damage. And I feel bad for the universities that get, get jobbed by folks that want to leave, et cetera. But more on that later. Yeah, it kind of feels like, um, I mean, this came in right at, uh, you know, the COVID year. So they were giving the, the extra year. They were giving the uh, not having to sit out rule. And it just almost feels like it's mushroomed out of control. And they really don't know how to rein it in. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I, I think it was um, Max Johnson at LSU. I think 
he originally said he was going to go to South Carolina. Is that right? I uh, don't know that. Uh, okay, but he backed out of that, and and now he's going to Texas A&M. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll with, tell you, uh, <laughs> I mean, how much would you want to be a college football coach? I mean, how different is that recruiting process? Okay, so then throw in uh, the name and image likeness. Throw that yeah, in there. That too. <laughs> that too. But these guys, um, I mean, we hear it every you hear it every year. Um, you know, the the number one recruit for Kentucky this year, uh, he had committed to UK, and then we get to the early signing period, and it's he decides, well, okay, it's down to you guys and Michigan State. <laughs> Ultimately, yesterday he signs with Kentucky. But, I mean, it's just what happens in, in football recruiting. You hear the stories every year. You know, this guy flipped, uh, you know, from, and actually, you know, Alabama. They flipped a guy from Clemson uh, on Wednesday. So, uh, and you, you just don't hear that much in basketball. Right. It would kill me to be a football coach. <laughs> we got so, a lot of players to worry about. So I guess you get these commitments and you, you're, you just never stop recruiting them, I suppose. Well, excellent point. So even though you have the commitment on the dotted line, you need to keep in contact with these guys and tell them how great they are. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You don't have it on a dotted line until signing day. Yeah. And I guess that's how it is. Um, But you just don't see that. I mean, you get the the verbal commitments in basketball, and it seems like that's always uh, locked in. Yeah. So. Yep. there are so many things that have changed about college football that I, it's not the same sport it was 20 years ago. It's not the same sport it was five years ago. True, yeah. But you know what? The SEC keeps rolling. So Absolutely, they do. And to your point, when you talked about Kentucky being 12th in the SEC in the recruiting class, and, or being 30th, that made them 30th in the country. So that tells you that 12 SEC teams are in the top 30 in recruiting. That is why we do S-U-L. Exactly. So anything to make of A&M pulling in the number one recruiting class in the conference? Nothing to see here. With Alabama, number two. I don't think there's anything to see here. And I I point to the transfer portal. I I think A&M has got their work cut out for them. They know what they're up against. And good for them for putting up a battle, but... You, you, those hurdles are going to be huge. And I think Brian Kelly, when he gets down to LSU and gets things going there, that's going to be another hurdle in A&M's way. So we'll, we'll see. So speaking, let, let's jump right into that. What, do, what are your thoughts on Brian Kelly going down to LSU? I mean, one of the things that chased him out of Notre Dame were uh, Expectations. Yep, no question. You're going to know a lot more about this than I am, so, yeah, what do you got? Well, the expectations at Notre Dame, for better or worse, are higher than they are at at other schools. And one of the things Notre Dame will not do is they will not uh, lessen the requirements of their athletes uh, as opposed to their non-athletic students. They are a true uh, academic institution where athletes come to play. So when you have that, 
historically, you're not going to have the same kind of talent available to you. You're going to have to develop that talent a lot harder at Notre Dame. Um, so I, you know, he's the winningest coach in Notre Dame history. He didn't win a national title while I was there, so I don't know that he gets a statue. <laughs> so, you know, I, it's unfortunate. I don't like the way he left Notre Dame, but at the same time, I don't like the way players enter the transfer portal. So, Yeah, I mean, it's kind of give and take, and uh, a lot of people dump on the coaches, uh, myself included. But, uh, you know, if you're allowing the players to do it, I don't know. Well, what... In, in, in our show, probably next week, we'll have a special guest that will talk about the talent that opens up to you when you coach in the SEC. So, well, You know, I'll, I'll give it up to him. I mean, he's got the uh, 18th ranked class, which is pretty good. Overall. Nas- nationally. Yeah, and he was able to sign two five-star guys, um, you know, including a franchise quarterback. Which, you know, I mean, you're going to need that in the SEC. So, appears that he's starting off on the right foot. It appears that way. But, I'm sure the trick question is, how does that rank in the SEC? (laughs) (laughs) I I think it was mid-pack. I wouldn't say it was six or seven. He's ahead of Arkansas. Let's see. Who else is he? Uh, He's behind Auburn. He's behind Tennessee. He's behind. He's actually even behind Missouri. Oh wow! And okay. Obviously Kentucky. All right. So um, that's he's eight or nine then. Uh, yeah, Probably he, nine. He nine might be. 10. Yeah, he might be down there. Okay. Uh, he might be down there. All right. But uh, you know that's a that's a lot better than I thought. Well, you you brought you you brought something up that I, I want to point out, and that is that. Stoops doing the job at Kentucky that he's doing as far as recruiting. As far as the recruiting composite score, you know, Kentucky's number four, Georgia's number three, but the gap between Georgia and Kentucky points-wise is pretty significant. And it's real close between Kentucky and Missouri, who follows them. So the point is, Stoops, I think, does one heck of a job taking the people that he gets and making them the team that he wants them to be. So. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, coaching up is huge in Lexington. I mean, you look at Josh Allen. I mean, he came in as, I believe, a two-star. And, you know, he was a top ten pick in the NFL. And then just crushing it. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, so that, And that's why we get nervous when the coaching carousel starts. Because you know <laughs> Stoops' name comes up all the time it has to yeah mitch barnhart is not a fan of the coaching carousel (laughs) it's costing him a lot of money and uh yeah a lot of extensions a lot of millions of dollars but if you keep putting that product on the field that the wildcats are putting on the football field people are going to support it man so get down to the k raj and watch (laughs) watch yourself a football game but i'll tell you what they they need to start selling beer in the stadium and that will pay just take that money and then just send it straight to Mark Stoops. That's it's easy. A, yeah. Easy fix. It's an easy fix, and he gets a nice payday. Right Absolutely. On. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, take our second break, and uh, we'll come back after these. This is SUL.
right, Craig, I think every week we talk about just letting this one roll a little bit, right? We do. Yeah. Especially in the food segment. <laughs> People are looking for something for a reason to listen. I think a roll gets a little bit longer as the show goes on. How many episodes in before we start karaoke for this? Oh, my gosh. We might, it's, it's not... <laughs> we might lose our readership. <laughs> Be sure to like and follow. And we're on Twitter now. Tosh, tell us. Yes, we are on Twitter at SEC Update Live. So make sure you check us out on the Tweeter Totter. Wow. That's a new that's a new jam. Okay. That All is right. a new jam. Of course, we're on Spotify. You can find us there. Just do it. You don't even have to do premium. Right. Just type in S-U-L. Boom. It S- comes up. S-U-L SEC Update Live. And then... While you're there, usually you're going to get the March to the Arch podcast availability as well. So be sure you subscribe to that one. Yes, check that one out. Uh, Vance and Baker do a great job um, with Missouri Valley Hoops Talk. And they would love to talk to you this week since Loyola went down to Tennessee (laughs) and just slapped those guys around. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we won't get too much into that. Okay. Trogue, the bull season is upon us. It absolutely is. I know we talk about this every year. It's like, how can they add more bowl games? But they do. And this weekend kicks it off. Actually, one has already been played now that we're recording our show. But we've got one later tonight. And this is one of your favorite ones of the whole season. I kind of like this one. Absolutely. The Cure Bowl from Orlando. Who knew that was even a bowl? I didn't. I did not. But at least these two schools get to go someplace where it's usually warm to play a bowl game. But I'll, And I'll tell you what. So this is coastal Carolina and northern Illinois. And I like this because we have got 19 combined wins between these two teams. And, you know, outside of the Power Five, you're just not finding that. No, nope, I bet I bet this, this has to have the most combined wins of uh, – any game other than the CFP, I would believe. You might be right. Let's just say it is. Cause okay, because facts, facts are, are optional. Facts here. are certainly optional. Right. Yeah, and you know, I say outside of the Power Five, probably outside the New York uh, New York New Year's Six. Yes, yeah. easily, easily. But uh, what's the line on this one, Trogue? So right now the line, and we just checked, but Coastal Carolina is laying eleven and a half. Northern Illinois getting at 11 and a half? Come on now. And the over is 62 and a half. Yeah, this is a cool matchup. You've got a couple of, uh, uh, can, can we say mid-majors? Yes. Vance told us it was okay. A <laughs> couple of uh, uh, mid-majors coming in, and they both have power five wins this year. Coastal Carolina took down Kansas, and Northern Illinois took down Georgia Tech, who is an SEC OG. So that's why we're talking about them. <laughs> there you go. And that's why we like it. Yep. That's why we like it. So, Trug, what are you doing on this uh, betting-wise? I think what I'm going to do, I I like Northern Illinois' win over Georgia Tech more than I respect Coastal Carolina's win over Kansas. So I'm going to take the 11-and-a-half with Northern, Northern Illinois, and I'm going to leave the over alone. But if I were forced to bet it, I would take the over. It's a bowl game. They're going to have some fun. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. All right. So let's move on to uh, tomorrow's matchup. Six. Yeah. 
I mean, this is, uh, this is, this is getting big time. So we've got UTEP starting things off against Fresno State. In the New Mexico Bowl. Is this a home game for UTEP? Ooh, no. <laughs> However, <laughs> they don't have to travel very far. And right now, Fresno is um, laying 11 and a half. Laying so, 11 and a half. Yep. Not a lot to look at on the UTEP side. They come in at 7-5. and five. Ah. Um, I mean, the big comp, they went up against uh, Boise State and uh, kind of got it handed to them. So, you know, I'm not really excited about that one. Uh, but you look at Fresno, and so they've got something on there. They also got beat down by Boise State, but they beat San Diego State. Right. And you know how we love common opponents. We love taking a look at that. So, hey, who got beat worse by Boise State? But it doesn't matter. Fresno has that San Diego State win. Probably kept San Diego State from a little bit nicer uh, bowl appearance than they got. Absolutely. uh, I think so. Yeah. I like Fresno in this game. Uh, They're actually part of the five-game bowl parlay <laughs> for tomorrow. So. Wow. Are we going to get this at the end? Yes. Okay. All right. Bet it if you got it. But again, only bet what you can afford to lose. Exactly. Bet responsibly. All right. That moves us to the Independence Bowl. Now, do you remember when this used to be a thing? <laughs> I mean, the Independence Bowl was... Well, it, it was always under the radar, but it was around the... Tw- it was always between Christmas and New Year's. But, it, I mean, it was a decent bowl. Yeah, it was a decent bowl. Uh, so, a long time ago, the Hoosiers played there. And um, good old Shreveport, Louisiana. <laughs> well, this one has the title of biggest jam job of the bowl season. Tell us about that, Tosh. I know you got a special thing on this one. Number 13, BYU. At 10-2, and two, earns a trip to the Independence Bowl against 8-4 and four UAB. Now, see, that might be a jam job for BYU, but that should be a godsend for us that are going to be wagering on that game. Now, I, I, can't, I can't even tell you what conference UAB plays in. Can you? Uh, the WAC. Okay, here's a big win, quote-unquote, for uh, UAB. They beat Jacksonville State. Isn't that where Deion Sanders is? No. (laughs) He's not. (laughs) He's at Jackson State. Is that not the same thing? No, it is not. (laughs) Do we know this for sure? Facts are optional here, but no. Okay, all right. Wow. I kind of like I like the Deion Sanders connection. Okay, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. BYU is a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. I don't even care what the over is. I'm calling this a stone-cold lead pipe. You're taking BYU. The over is 55. I, I parlayed that. I took, I took BYU to cover and hit the over. Oh, I like that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Bet your house. Bet your car. Wife and children. That's happening right there all right moving on to the 5 45 p.m time slot the liberty or sorry the lending tree bowl with liberty with liberty playing eastern michigan yep liberty's a nine and a half point favorite again Uh, two seven and five schools yeah eastern michigan you know the Mac. I know you're a fan of the Maction. We love the Maction. Yep, and uh, you can you can usually bet that they're going to hit 
hit an over in their bowl game. It doesn't matter what the over is in a MAC bowl game. They're probably going to hit it. Same with their regular season game. But I just sat on Liberty on this one. I think they're going to cover the 9.5 easily. I think Hugh Freeze gets it done. That's where I'm at. I'm on board with that. I mean, uh, as far as, like, their Power 5 games, Liberty literally took Syracuse to the end. Uh, Syracuse hit uh, a field goal as time expired to win by three. So, you know, they've got some experience against a quote-unquote tougher team. It is it is uh, Syracuse, by the way. But they went into uh, Oxford and uh, lost to Old Miss by less than two touchdowns. Yeah, okay. And I think, I think Liberty also beat UAB this year. So if we want to, like, circle back and uh, talk about the bitterness for BYU. They did. They beat them by 24. Okay, so, so yeah, yeah. I would compare UAB and Eastern Michigan, not just because of color, the green. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right, man. Moving on into the 7.30 time slot. I kind of like the matchup. I hate the bowl. <laughs> this is the make-believe Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. What is this? I, I have no idea. What is this? I, I, I mean, what is a player pack for that? <laughs> I mean, what do you get? You get a, I mean, you get a couple of gift cards to uh, who B.B. Bob? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what you I don't know. I, I'm sure players don't come out of that going, man, the swag for this game was awesome. Man, I mean, you're getting a night on the Sunset Strip. Might be cool. Whiskey a go-go. Okay. See, now now it's all you know, maybe a, a drive down Rodeo Drive or something. You get a picture on the uh, on the star, the, the Walk of Fame. Hollywood right? sign. The Hollywood sign. There you go. See, all of a sudden you this is what? a good bowl game. Yes, yes. This is coming together. But the matchup is intriguing as hell. Uh, absolutely. At least to me. I mean, if you call it any other – if you send them to any other bowl game or watching – it's uh, Utah State and Oregon State. Oregon State, surprisingly, a seven-point favorite in this game. I don't like that at all. Okay. I don't. Well, I like it because I'm going with Utah State. But Oregon State, I mean, we saw them. They came to Ross-Aid way back in uh, week one, and it's always tough for the West Coast teams to come east. Always. And the Boilers had something for them. But, uh, you know, I, I, I really like I really, really like Utah State on this one. Okay. I a lot do. Of, a lot of common opponents, I'm sure. But I'll tell you, guys, I mean, they played Utah tough. I mean, it was a, a one-possession game. So there's something to be said for that. Uh, the Oregon game at Oregon was only nine points. You know how SUL loves Oregon. Yes, we do. <laughs> we do. So, Yeah. We'll see what we got on the uh, schedule side for Utah State. So Tosh is taking Utah State on that one, and I am going to take Oregon State, but only on the money line. I'm mm. not going to lay the points. Mm-mm-mm. All right. I'm not seeing a whole lot <laughs> on the Utah State side. <laughs> okay. Nothing impressive. Tosh still likes the seven oh, and a half. Oh, my gosh. I you still throw like a the touchdown a in front of Tosh. He's like, I'll take it. I'm on I'll it. I'll take it. I'm on it. Kickoff, I'm ahead. Boom. <laughs> Boom. All right. Heading into the uh, the closing game, the 9-15 slot. I love the sound of this game. 
The New Orleans Bowl. Yes. I mean, I'll tell you what, Marshall and Louisiana Lafayette. I mean, this is this is a home game. Louisiana gets four. So you've got a gives four. Sorry, gives four. You've got twelve and one Louisiana Lafayette going against seven and five Marshall. Now Marshall is is an SUL sweetheart. You know, great story. (laughs) Um, We love a lot of things about Marshall, but man, this kind of seems like another disrespectful matchup. And I think. We're going to ride this all the way to the bank. We're going to take uh, UL Lafayette and uh, run with it. Not sure Marshall is up to uh, defending these guys. So take the over. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, Marshall did play App State to a one-point game. You know, so they do have, uh, you know, they've got some They've got some resume. But, uh, you know, Louisiana Lafayette, um, I mean, they beat down Liberty, who's going to play earlier in the day. Uh, so, and they beat down App State by 28. So, we love the common opponents, right? Yep, absolutely. So, what more needs to be said? We're on the Louisiana Lafayette bandwagon on that game. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. So, that wraps up the bowl matchups for this uh, first weekend. Closing thoughts, Trogue? I have one closing thought. And I want to I want to talk about since we're talking about bowl games I want to talk about opt out. Uh, Kenny Pickett at Pittsburgh was the latest to do it, and then uh, the Williams running back at Michigan State he started this. I, I don't know how you combat this, but I hate it. I don't like it at all. You get these bowl committees that invite these teams in they are inviting the team in based on their body of work and when you take out star offensive players from those teams that changes your body of work i wish there was some way for the bowl committees to say hey look you're not bringing the team that we invited so you're not going to get the money that we offered something there's got to be repercussions for this because this is going to get worse, and it's going to get worse with the transfer portal as well. I, I, something's got to be done about this. If, you, there's, if, if it's a period of time after the season's over where you get to decide if you want to play in a bowl game or not, I'm fine with that. But you have to decide before the bowl committee selects you. That's not a bad idea. I kind of like that. Well, that's all I got. I, well, I, I hate mean, to end on a sour note, but... But what's the message that sends to your teammates? See, and that's a whole hmm. other can of worms, right? It is a whole other can of worms. Why am I busting my – if I'm an offensive lineman at Pittsburgh and I've been protecting Kenny Pickett all year so I can get to a bowl game and then he's going to quit on me, I got nothing for it. That If you're Kenny Pickett, you need to be away from the university. You need to be at home, dude. I don't think you could – pay attention behind your back often enough on campus. That sucks. And I I know why you're doing it. I understand that. I still think you're a quitter, but that's me. Yeah, and you know, some of that might be a culture thing. Um, you know, we talked about Josh Allen earlier in the show. And when you know, Kentucky went down and they were playing Penn State that year, he was in. I mean, we knew he was going to be a lottery pick. What did he do? He suited up, and he destroyed Penn State. Well, and you got that with Lynn Bowman. 
Bowden, sorry. And, you know, it, we just haven't had the marquee guys from Lexington that are opting out of bowl games because they know it's a program thing. And that's what I it, it, that's what it may, I said. It, maybe it's a culture thing. Maybe it's also an individual thing. Well, you make a very good point on the culture thing because when you say that, you look at the four teams that are in the CFP right now, how many future pros are playing in those two games? How many have opted out? Yeah. So you you make a very good point. And then the if, if we're wrapping up, the last thing I'm going to say is absolutely our thoughts are with the folks in Kentucky and the other areas affected by last week's tornadoes. The best thing you can do, folks, if you're listening, give to the Red Cross. They know where the money needs to go. And um, Yeah, that, I mean, that's a great point um, and a good closer, Trogue. I want to give a shout-out to uh, the U- U.K. Athletic Department who did a telethon on Tuesday night, and they raised over $4 million. Um, and also the Vanderbilt football team, just loaded up semis of supplies and, and drove up. Um, so, you know, one of their division rivals, but even more than that, they were neighbors. And so they drove up with, uh, you know, all kinds of uh, supplies and gear uh, for the victims. So kudos. Yep. Kudos. That's, what it, that's what it takes, folks. Just be nice. It's not the season. It's what's in your heart. Be nice. Be kind. Take care of everybody. And uh, we love that you guys listen. Tosh, you did a great job again this week. This is an awesome location, so good job scouting it out and getting us down here. Thanks for bringing it, Trogue. We'll see you next week. This is SUL. Have a good one, folks. Out.